Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome in episode 157, What's Right with Nick Wright. We appreciate you joining us. Right before we sat down to record, there was massive breaking news in the golf world. Now, while we do love the Nick's Golf Corner segments on this show, we have not really gotten into the muddy waters of the Live Tour and the PGA Tour. And today, it would appear our decision not to was somewhat vindicated as, and we'll just get into this here and then we'll get into the actual show. And we appreciate you watching on YouTube. We appreciate you listening. If you're watching on YouTube, submit your questions and comments. We'll get to them at the end of the show. The Live Tour and PGA Tour have merged. All of the details are not yet out. It has just happened in the last 20 minutes that it has been announced. But there are going to be some folks, luckily I am not one of them, be it golfers, golf commentators, or sports commentators, that have found themselves in a bit of a pickle because they were just adamant that they would never under any circumstances support anything associated with the Saudi government because of the murder of Jamal Khashoggi, and I apologize if I'm pronouncing his name wrong, because of, obviously, the connections to the terrorists on 9-11 because of human rights abuses, and that was an understandable position, totally understandable, but the reason we didn't take it on this show was any of us that are involved in any type of capitalistic enterprise, for a lot of us, I should say, you go high enough up the corporate org charter food chain and you start dealing with some uncomfortable realities. You start dealing with some of your own hypocrisies grab your iPhone, and you're like, wait, who made this? How does it work? You look at your sneakers. Now, I understand there's different lines for everybody, and I don't really want to relitigate it. We talked about this a year ago. But we decided, you know what? We're just going to stay out of it because the other possible train coming down the tracks was the really rich golfer's and the really rich PGA Tour that was standing on principle and, and claiming the moral high ground that eventually they would fold. And that appears to be what has happened. So for folks that were really into the Live Tour, PGA Tour feud and Phil Mickelson and Brooks Kepka and Brandley Shambly, Brandle Shambly seemed to get a lot of people mad at him and what's Greg Norman doing and all of that. I'll just be totally honest. There are going to be better, more informed shows on that very story that I'm sure you can find. 
We are going to talk NBA Finals, and we're going to talk a little NFL. That is what we do. We also might squeeze in a little French Open, as we might get a Djokovic uh, Alcaraz semifinal, which would be just spectacular. However, we first must get to what is not on today's show. Not on today's show. Chiefsaholic. The Chiefs fan who was allegedly robbing banks to pay for his Chiefs tickets, he is on the most wanted list. That did not make the show. Also, Patrick Mahomes, as I try to fix the sign behind me, potentially being the greatest multi-sport athlete ever, that might be a bit of a stretch, but we knew the guy was an unbelievable baseball player. He's a great golfer and the greatest football player ever. That did not make the show. And the Chiefs visit the White House that did not make the show either. Travis Kel. Oh, there's me. You know, I, I, I went in. There's me. I shaved my head and then grew all the hair back. I don't know why that's the picture they used of me for the YouTube audience, but that is an older picture of me. That's six and a half years old. That's from our original First Things First photo shoot. The Chiefs visiting the White House. But Diora, let's get to the NBA Finals. Quite the interesting game, too, we had. Why don't you set it up? After Miami took Game 2 in Denver, your boy Mike Ballone called out his team. He said the loss was about a lack of effort from Denver. Was it truly an effort problem, or is Miami just better? Well, I'm going to go with neither. Miami is not flatly better than Denver. But they might very well be just as good. And they are definitely better coached. And that is not a knock on Mike Malone. That is just a reality of you're up against the best coach in basketball and Eric Spolstra. I did not think this was flatly a effort issue. I know Michael Malone called it an effort issue. More of a skill issue. And I think, no, I don't think it was a skill issue either. I think it was an execution issue. So there was... When Michael Malone's talking about effort, he's talking about Michael Porter Jr. specifically. And Michael Porter Jr. got lost on defense, played lackadaisical. It was a lot of what we were used to seeing from Michael Porter Jr. early in his career. That's fine. So be it. Now, is it smart for Michael Malone to call out, make it pretty clear he's talking about one guy in his press conference? I don't know if that's smart or not. But it wasn't hard to figure out who he was talking about. Because the other Nuggets player who had a really rough game, was KCP, but that was because he was fouling three-point shooters. That's not a lack of effort. That is playing out of control. That's almost trying too, much. too hard. Yeah. Exactly. It's, so the getting lost on defense, you can say that's lack of focus and attention to detail. But at some point, Folks are going to have to recognize this Miami Heat team is just different. Chris Vernon had this stat on the mismatch with Kevin O'Connor. So I want to give credit to him because it's truly remarkable. This postseason, when trailing by eight or more, in the fourth quarter, the Miami Heat are four and seven. Four wins, seven losses. Now, that might not sound that good. And considering the fact that they have only lost seven games the entirety of the postseason, it means in all seven of those, they were trailing by at least eight in the fourth. They're four and seven, these playoffs, when trailing by eight or more. The rest of the league, Diora, that has happened 62 times, or 63 times, pardon me. What do you think their record is? Every team other than the Heat in games when they trail by eight or more in the fourth quarter. Of the 63 games, how many wins, how many losses? Obviously, you're going to lose way more than you win because you're trailing by at least eight in the fourth quarter. Miami is four and seven. The rest of the league is one and 62. Think about that. 
The rest, what are you laughing about? Nothing. Because I let you off the hook by not having you actually exactly. give a number. Yeah. 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 Uh, I saw the. I saw a look of panic the cross fear. across the your eyes. You were like, head. I'm going to, I have to do math on the fly <laughs> to make sure they add up to 63 and I have to give a yeah. guess that makes sense. I realized I was putting you, that was me being a bad teammate. I was putting you in a bad spot. <laughs> I apologize. I saw it. So I just turned it into a rhetorical question. One in 62. So... Let's put it a different way. There have been five playoff games this year mm-hmm. that a team trailed by eight or more in the fourth and won. Four of them have been by Miami. One by the other 15 teams to make the playoffs. This is a different team. You are fighting a different war than you're fighting with every other team in the league. And no, they don't have the raw talent that the Lakers had, that the Bucks had, that the Celtics had, that the Nuggets have. But they have unlocked a winning formula in a way that no other team this playoffs other than Denver has unlocked. And so I don't think it was that Denver didn't try. I think it's that Miami never bleeping quits and keeps finding a way. Now, I will tell you also why I think that that win was critical. Piercing the balloon of invincibility of Denver, which had not lost at home this postseason, had not lost at home in a game Jokic played since March 12th, nearly three months ago. This year, at home, playoffs in regular season, when they had at least a five-point lead going into the fourth quarter, they were unbeatable, 29-0. Psychologically, that does two things. One, Miami now knows unequivocally, we can go in there and win. And two, the Nuggets know, oh, this is a different type of challenge because the Lakers never really threatened us in this building. The Suns never threatened us in this building. Obviously, the Timberwolves never threatened us in this building. The Heat, without their best player playing that well, without their second-leading scorer, from the conference finals, Caleb Martin doing anything. They found a way to come back from 15 down and beat us. And aside from the Caleb Martin minutes, there was, I'm sorry, aside from the Cody Zeller minutes, I almost got that wrong. The Heat dominated that game. So, This is going to be a great finals. I understand after game one, everyone was talking sweep and that the the Miami's Cinderella carriage is turned back into a pumpkin and all that reactionary nonsense. The Heat have earned everyone's unquestioned respect. It is now a best-of-five series, and Miami has home court. Since Jimmy Butler got to Miami, no team in the league has more playoff victories. Since Jimmy Butler got to Miami, no team in the league has been to the finals more than once other than Miami. Since Jimmy Butler got to Miami, No team has had the postseason success overall of the Miami Heat if they can finish the job and win these next three games or win three of the next five games. All right, next, Diora. So the Heat are now in control of the finals and are about to get Tyler Hero back, but Vegas still has them as home dogs. Are you hammering the Heat in game three? I'm not. I... I bet the Heat for a real amount of money on the money line in Game 7 against Boston, 
game one against Denver, and game two against Denver. All of those bets were better than three to one, better than plus 300. I obviously went two and one because they lost game one. I don't, I like the Heat in this spot. I might bet a little bit on them, but I am not dead on certain that they're going to win both of these games in Miami. I think they could. I do think the line is disrespectful. I think the fact that how far back do we have to go till the last from the last time we had a home underdog in the NBA Finals? It's got to be LeBron's Cavs in 2018 against the uh against the KD Warriors. I guess maybe the Raptors in the game KD popped his Achilles because they knew KD was coming back that game, but it's been years. So yeah, I do think it's a disrespectful line, and I'll probably bet a little on Miami, but I I hammered Miami in game seven, game one, and game two because they were getting better than three to one, and that was outrageous. This is Vegas basically saying this is not quite a coin flip game, but a 60-40 game. Now, I think it should be 60-40 in Miami's favor, but I don't think this is a mismatch. I don't think this is lopsided. I don't think Denver is a fraudulent team. That would be ridiculous. I just think the betting public's lack of regard for the Miami Heat is bananas. All right, next. Okay, Jokic dropped another 40-point game and a loss. They never win when he scores a ton of points. So I see why you are coming around on Jokic. He's like LeBron, where he could only win when his teammates hit the big shots. Yeah, I've always said it's very unfair that LeBron's teammates are allowed to make shots. It's so re- it's such a dumb take. It's just, And that's not dumb by you. I understand the producers write the questions. But the idea that LeBron James, who has more playoff buzzer beaters and more playoff game winners than any player in NBA history, that he can only win when his teammates hit shots is just such a such a straw man nonsense that they knew would get me angry. By the way, where's... Hey, hey show the control room again real quick, if you could, please. Because I do remember something from the last time we saw you guys. Hey, Daniel, where's your broom, buddy? Where's your broom? Oh, yeah, that doesn't... Yeah, I... No, don't put it down. Because, you know, I've been talking behind the scenes. Gabe thought I was being a little harsh, saying that your job's on the line uh, in these finals. Daniel, the Nuggets fan who trolled me in the group chat, and Gabe said, we can't do that. So I just... I said, you know what? Instead of, you know, threatening the employment... Let's just add to the responsibilities. And since the guy seems to like brooms so much, I figure when everyone goes home for the day, you can sweep up after the team. You can help everybody out. Waving that broom in my face, going into the finals, thinking the Denver Nuggets were going to become the first team in NBA. That was the other insane thing about the commentary. And then we'll get to the Jokic question. Sorry about the commentary all across media on Friday about a sweep. No team in NBA history has ever swept the final two rounds of the playoffs. No team ever has gone conference finals, finals, sweep, and yet folks were ready to just start handing over the LOB to the Denver Nuggets and saying it was going to be a quick series. Not going to be a quick series. All right, what's the Jokic question? What does it say about him that Miami would rather take their chances letting him score? I don't think it says anything about him. I think it's actually, well, it does. I think it's a compliment to him. Because here's, there are so many downstream effects from everyone being involved. First of all, you play more confident and locked in and attention to detail defensively when you are making shots. So Michael Porter Jr.'s defense would have been more attentive. 
I think KCP's defense would have been less frenetic if they had been hitting shots. But they weren't, and that affects different players in different ways. And because of that, Jokic's passing is the thing that unlocks Denver's offense to next-level production. I... I I had this tw- this tweet. Your mom is so funny, by the way. Sorry, I'll finish the thought like in a moment. What? Your mom just texted me. Hey, what's the address of that plant spot? Crying emoji. Sorry, I know you're doing your show and stuff. Like, <laughs> she's the best. Uh, I I had this. I I tweeted out this stat, and I I understand that Eric Spolstra attempted to tamp down on this talk, but I think it's very relevant. The Denver Nuggets this year in the regular season, when Jokic had double-digit assists, were 34-4. and four. When he didn't, they were 14-17. and 17. So when Jokic has 10-plus assists, they are... A 72-win 72 72 caliber team would be as good as any team in NBA history. When he doesn't, they're a losing team. And we have seen, I I brought this up before the series, I said this would be the, should be the strategy. 05 Western Conference Finals, Spurs-Suns, Amari Stoudemire averaged 37 a game. That series. Popovich was just like, you know what? We're not doubling him. We are, if he scores for, now he was a very different player. Obviously a very different player than Jokic. Demonstrably different. But the point was, let him go crazy. Don't let Joe Johnson and Sean Marion and the other shooters, Sean Marion wasn't really a shooter, but kind of turned into one. Don't let them go off. And it worked. They won in five. There are, this is a sound strategy because it's going to take around 115 to win these games. If Jokic is quote only unquote creating 50 points, you can live with that. You really can. What you can't live with is when he's creating, scoring, and assisting 60, 65 points like he did in game one. That's what kills you. So, I I do think this is a sound strategy. Do you have a follow-up there, Diora? Yeah. Is he the only player in, the, in NBA history whose kryptonite is scoring 40 points a game? Well... It's not that it's his kryptonite. I know they're 0-3 this postseason when he scores 40-plus. But there is a level of other great playmakers. Isaiah Thomas was at his best. He could score 40. He was at his best when he was 20-10. and 10. Steve Nash, similarly. Magic, he could score big numbers, but not... With regularity, he had to be passing. Great playmakers and distributors, that is what their secret sauce is. And it wouldn't be shot. So Isaiah, to me, is a good example because Isaiah was just best. The Pistons were best when he was getting everyone involved. Famously, they lost the 43-point finals game when he had 25 and a quarter. They lost, I mean, they only lost by a couple, but they lost. He just, so this is not something we've never seen before. We've just never seen it from a center. Next. Kyrie has apparently reached out to LeBron to see if he would come to Dallas. Um, Luca and LeBron together would make your head explode. If Kyrie really just wants to get back together with LeBron, was this the best way to go about it? All right, so this is a more complicated story than people are giving it credit for. It's also very simple. The simple part is this. There is no way for the Dallas Mavericks to acquire Kyrie Irving, I'm sorry, LeBron James, this offseason. It it's not going to happen. There's no trade that makes sense for the Lakers. He's not getting bought out. That's not happening. 
So why is this now story out there? Now, I do think Kyrie wants to play with LeBron. And there, Bill Simmons mentioned LeBron trying to angle to get to Dallas. But that is, in my opinion, only tenable after this coming season. When LeBron's a free agent and he can go anywhere he wants. Simmons talked about Draymond going down there and then LeBron going down there eventually. I think this is Kyrie wants the Mavs to give him the max. I it, Now, I also think Kyrie ideally would love to find a way for the Lakers, for him to play with the Lakers and to get the max. I don't see how that is feasible because the Mavs are not going to want D'Angelo Russell in a sign-in trade. That's just not going to happen. So what I think Kyrie is sick of giving up money and he wants the max. He understands this might be his last big contract. But I think this is Kyrie trying to engender goodwill from Dallas. Making it clear. Two things. One is Kyrie trying to engender goodwill from Dallas. Like, look guys, I'm recruiting for you. I'm trying to help this situation as much as I possibly can. And then also making it clear to LeBron, I still want to play with you. If you can somehow find a way to get me over to the Lakers, that would be great too. But LeBron, Luka, and Kyrie in Dallas this season is not a possibility no matter who what's being reported. That's the 20 minutes on the dot. Eight under time. We will take a very quick break, come back and play a game of right or wrong. What's right? Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome back, episode 157. Are you right? I don't know. You said let's, you wanted to bring us back. Let's hope That's so. That's the most important thing to get the episode count right. I think I got it right. Okay, good job. What are we doing here? We're playing a game of right or wrong. Okay, let's do it. So, NBA Commissioner Adam Silver suggested suggested NBA expansion is coming. Vegas has long been rumored as a ho- home for an NBA team, and soon they'll be a four-sport city. Right or wrong, Vegas will be the best sports town in America. Oh, wrong by a mile. Now, it will be awesome to have four teams in Vegas. So, who is the current Well, I'll get to that. Let me get to that in a second. Let me first explain why Vegas won't be. Number of things very difficult for warm weather places with awesome things to do being the best sports town. So why is LA not a great sports town? Uh, Because of the beach and the mountains. That's why. Because there are so many other entertainment options. And another problem is Cities that are disproportionately transplants don't have, like, the lifelong fan loyalty. We lived in Houston. Houston, not a good sports town. Sorry. I know people in Houston might get mad at me. Good football town. Okay baseball town. Bad basketball town. Not a great sports town. Miami, not a great sports town. Doesn't mean there aren't great fans, but is it the lifeblood of the city? No. Vegas, wildly disproportionate amount of transplants. It will be tourists, fans of opposing teams at a lot of these games. Like, oh, what road trip should we go on? Let's go to Vegas, see our team play, hit the strip, all that stuff. So, no, those are not your best sports towns. Your best sports towns are either small markets like Buffalo or Kansas City, where 
the entirety of the ta- Green Bay, the entirety of the town's identity is built up in having a pro sports team. I used to say this all the time about my hometown. I probably said it on the podcast. The only difference between Kansas City and Des Moines is we have the Chiefs and the Royals, and they don't. Like, that's it. That The, the reason, when I say I'm from Kansas City, people are like, oh, I know that place. It's because we have the Chiefs and Royals. It, I don't know that Kansas City is markedly bigger than, like I said, Des Moines or Lincoln, Omaha, Nebraska. Omaha's a great example. Like, what does Omaha have? Is Warren Buffett there? College World Series is there? I don't know. Like, we, so, and the very best sports cities are cold weather, northeastern, angry places. Just are. Where the people's entire identity is wrapped in the sports team. There is not a lot to do because the weather sucks so much. And what it is, is you go to a game. So, Detroit's not Northeastern. It's a great sports city. Chicago, there is a lot to do. It's a very good sports city. But Boston and Philly, and probably third place New York, are your best sports cities. Now, it also creates the craziest fans and the most irrational ones, but nicer weather... More entertainment options is... Is that not New York, though? Well, New York's... Because uni- no matter what the weather, you could still be outside and so doing New- so many things. New York's unique. And New York's a pretty damn good sports city. Despite all of the other options. Because there are so many people. That you, you know what I mean? You, you, you just have so many. Now you might say, what about Los Angeles then? Has that many people? Los Angeles had so many transplants. Sports are not the biggest entertainment option because of Hollywood. And the beach really takes away. Like there is, sure, exactly. There is not a single, what I would consider great American sports city that also has an awesome beach. I just, Tampa's not a great one. The, uh, Miami, Houston doesn't have an awesome beach, but it does have a beach. Who's uh, going to Galveston, though? A lot, of, I understand. But Who's going to put Galveston with good beaches? No, no, no. Uh, but L.A., San Diego, San Francisco, coastal places, is not great sports cities. Um... As far as where the NBA should expand to, Vegas and Seattle make the most sense. I know people want me to say Kansas City. You don't think Kansas City should have a basketball team? I I would love it. Uh, Kansas City's a college sports city I, for basketball. It's Jayhawks fans. We had one. We lost it. What team was that? The Kansas City Kings. They went to Sacramento. Oh, that's what I... Okay. Uh, so, I... People say Virginia Beach should have one. I guess that's a huge city that I just am not familiar with. If you wanted to put one in the Midwest, Kansas City would be the place. You have Oklahoma City, you have Denver, you have Chicago. Kansas City would make sense, but I don't think you need to expand... By four teams. I think expanding by two and doing Seattle and Vegas probably makes the most sense. I also think that I'm trying to if I'm trying to think if there's another city, another kind of area of the country that needs a team. I mean, you can't do anywhere in what's called the Big West. Like Idaho, Montana, the Dakotas, Wyoming—you just can't have. Pro Haven't heard of those states there. in a minute. Yeah, you can't. It's a—it's a crime that those five states have ten senators. Give me a break. 
It's like 85 people live there. Sorry for the people watching the show, but it's not really one person, one vote. When this state with 400,000, well, they're real states, but eh. the founders didn't expect one state to have 400,000 people, another to have 40 million, and you have the same number of senators. Give me a break. All right, next. <laughs> All right. The Celtics keep their keep their embattled coach, head coach, Joe Mazzula, next year. Right or wrong, Boston is smart for keeping Mazzula. You all right? No. Yeah, you, <laughs> like, you, I like you, had a mini stroke. Yeah, you want to know how that question's supposed to sound? No, the I know. I understand. They're keeping their embattled head coach, Joe Mazzula, next year. Right or wrong, Boston is smart for keeping Like, Missoula. I'm aware how it was supposed to be read. I think Are I you had aware a... how it was read? Yes. The, the Celtics I... keeping their embattled this head coach, just me. Joe Mazzula, next year. Right I or wrong? I said Mazzula. Oh, I'm wrong. I, had a little I understand why they're doing it, but I think it's a mistake. I think they know it's a mistake. The problem is when you are the person that hired the guy, you don't want to have to fire him because you are then admitting you screwed up. And it's not that Brad Stevens made Missoula the head coach. It's that 25 games in, he gave him a contract extension that he didn't have to give him. So when you do that, does Brad Stevens then want to go to his his bosses, the Grouseback and the owners, and be like, "Hey, we gotta, you guys gotta cut a check for 15, 20 million bucks for this contract extension that we gotta pay out that I shouldn't have given him." And so they're gonna try to keep Jalen Brown. I assume they are keeping Joe Mazzula, and I think it's a mistake. Next, okay, Russell Wilson was reportedly reportedly set to be traded to Philadelphia before he nixed the trade in favor of a move to Denver. Right or wrong, Philly Russ would have been would have beaten the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Obviously, they wouldn't have been in the Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts was awesome last year. The idea that Russell Wilson with Philly, they would have been as good as with Jalen Hurts, and I'm not the biggest Jalen Hurts guy in the world, but the idea that they would have sniffed the Super Bowl if they lost Jalen in place of Russell Wilson. Talk about a sliding doors NFL moment. Jalen Hurts has got a quarter of a billion dollar contract, damn near one NFL MVP, took him to the Super Bowl. They were going to relegate him to second string in favor of Russell Wilson, and Russell Wilson threw his body in front of the car wanting to come to Mahomes' division instead. Bananas, but obviously wrong. Next. Dalvin Cook trade rumors are swirling, and Ezekiel Elliott is still unsigned. These are huge name guys, but no one wants to spend on running backs anymore. Right or wrong, the NFL has a running back problem. Wrong. I don't think it's a problem. Sports change, man. And Zeke is a huge name, but he's not a very good player anymore. Dalvin Cook's a good player to very good player, but expensive player to spot people don't want to spend money. Guys, things change. There's... They, and it, there's no shit problem with that. There used to be a market in the NBA for what we called the big white stiff, the seven-footer that couldn't move and could fa give you six fouls a game and post up. Those guys are now unemployed. Sports change. Media changes. The world changes. There are things that used to once be valuable that no longer are. And the running back position is right now in a spot where you can find 80% of top-level production for 10% of the cost, so why would you not just go with that nearly every time? Next. Jaguar. Yeah. Oh, you okay? <laughs> go ahead. You've got to stop. Go, well, I, listen, I, I expect excellence. We're on 157 episodes in. People are expecting it to be nice and tight. Go ahead. Jaguars coach Doug Peterson said Trevor Lawrence showed that he can put the team on his back last season and expects more of him this year. Right or wrong, Trevor Lawrence will be the 2024 MVP. I, d I think, I mean, if I if right now you're asking me, will I pick Trevor to win MVP? I might, but I'm going to say wrong right now because I don't want to be locked into the prediction. It's on the board, and... People are not giving the Jaguars the respect they earned last year. They were 6-1 and one after the bye. They had a 27-point comeback in a playoff game against the Chargers. A good team. And then they played the Chiefs within a score. They, I said this on TV yesterday, and people 
lost their minds. Maybe this is why I'm trending on tr Twitter right now. My Trevor Lawrence Jags Bills take. I'm sure that's the reason. Uh, last year, what did the Bills accomplish more than the Jaguars? They both won their division. They both won a playoff game. Let's think about those playoff games. The Jags beat the Chargers. The Bills escaped against Skylar Thompson. They both lost in round two. The Jags lost on the road in Kansas City by seven. The Bills lost at home to Cincinnati by 17. The Jags quarterback is on an upward, upward trajectory. The Bills quarterback finished the last 10 games of last year with some of his roughest football of his career, of his last four years of his career. So I don't know about him being the league MVP, but the Jags deserve more respect than they're getting. Next. Apple announced the Apple Vision Pro, a new VR headset. Right or wrong, you are in on VR. I'm not in on VR. Until they listen, people don't want to put on goggles. Now I did. A lot read, of people want to put on goggles. Actually, what do you mean? I mean, a lot of people enjoyed the virtual reality stuff. Like you can, like you can play games. You could go to the, the mall. Like, no, the okay. Watch games. So now I did read that someone that wore these. And it gives you the full-blown NBA courtside experience. That's pretty cool. That could be cool. But I don't think virtual reality or any of this augmented reality, because this, this isn't like a typical VR headset the way I understand it. It's you put on this headset. And then, like, your phone screen is in front of you. And you can swipe with your hand, and, like, it moves based on where your eyes are. And you can do all that without your phone in your hand. That's what a lot of VR headsets do. Okay, well, I think, I get that, but I think that, I think... Well, yeah, because it's Apple, it's going to... It, yeah. Exactly, and I think this is a more, I mean, it's $3,500 compared to the other ones. So I think this is a more refined tech. The point I'm making is... Some there might be a niche, a niche market of people that are willing to walk around wearing this. It is not going, but just like people are like ah, oh, 3D TVs, and it's like I gotta wear these stupid glasses. No, and then the Oculus, there was a there was a market for it, but again, people don't like wearing. Not enough, in my opinion, people like wearing that big stuff on their face and i know the apple one it's clear so you could theoretically just walk the streets with it on i don't think people are going to do it i think eventually when it becomes either an implant or like a lens or something very small that is an augment to like glasses that you already wear then it will take off but people don't like walking around wearing what looks like ski goggles again this maybe this will end up being something like when katie couric and matt lauer were laughing about the internet and they're like oh the internet who's gonna use that and now they look stupid if in 20 years or in two years i should say everyone's walking around wearing these headsets i don't think people are gonna do it do you mm -mm. i just don't think people are gonna I think like maybe like the head implant thing i could completely see happening i think that could happen maybe just because i've watched too many episodes of black, black mirror, mirror yeah you know I they're coming out with a new season really of black mirror yeah five episodes i think i i just i and again putting on an oculus to play video games at home is very different than what they're trying to market for here because i get that it's like i'm gonna sit down here and play a video game by myself what does it really matter if i'm wearing this headset or you know what i mean headset or not you sometimes when you play fortnite or road plays fortnite you put on pretty bulky headphones anyway with a mic like i get that but the idea that these are i think and i might be wrong apple wants these to be like airpods like, people just walk around with them. I don't think that's realistic. I And I, let me ask you this. How long till you think 
you start somewhat regularly seeing people on the streets of New York City walking around with these with few these months. on. Few months? Yeah, I mean, $3,500 is a hell of a price point. But for the rich people in New York City, like, that was like how I was, how people saw the other $600 headphones at first. And I know it's a totally different price difference, but when that first came out, everyone's like, I'm not paying six hundred dollars for some about the headphones you have yes i am okay they were a gift for the rich people in new york they were they were a gift don't know no but i'm saying like people thought that was insane when yes but you didn't look and then but the thing is you didn't look ridiculous people have walked around wearing headphones for a long time i think but new york city is a totally different yeah but i don't think rich fashion and for different like the fashion in New York is different than everywhere else. No, that's fair. People like, in New York don't care about walking around looking a fool because they no, it matches my outfit. It looks okay. Cool. I mean, listen, I could be wrong on this. We'll see. I'm just, I am. I didn't buy land in the metaverse. I didn't. I I only very very lightly dipped my toe into crypto. Um, and I don't. And I am not as panicked as everyone else is about ai i am maybe you should be i am still going to short that we are where where the tech needs to get for virtual reality to become a major part of our lives i think we'll get there eventually i don't think we're there yet um all right last one this last one so maybe you should pronounce this one but right or wrong you should stop trolling me Right or wrong, you should be better at your job. Quick break, right back, what's right? I quit. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Welcome back, episode 157. Now we're going to read your fan questions. Scott Frazier says, so is this a Bengals shirt you're wearing, Nick? Oh, no, I understand why you'd think that. It is a Tiger on it, but it's a Kenzo shirt, not a Bengals. It has no team affiliation, just high fashion. That's all it is. Uh, next. Look at you, cool guy. <laughs> ben Whitney asked, if Miami loses the series in five or six games, what moves do they make in this offseason to get back and finally break through after a second finals loss of the Jimmy Bam era? I don't think you, they do anything major. I think you clearly have a core that is good enough. I think that you expect continued growth from Caleb Martin. You have decisions to make on Struess and Vincent. And because you're Miami, you're always going to be big, you know, whale shopping as Pat Riley talks about and going after the biggest fish possible. But I don't, I don't think you do any massive overhaul because unless you think, ah, we're just not good enough, but I don't think they're going to feel like we're just not good enough. Next. Michael Harris asks, which team would be better if, if the rest of the roster remained the same, LeBron on the Mavs or Kyrie on the Lakers? Kyrie just needs to come back to the Nets. Okay, so that's not happening, and they don't want him back. Uh, you know. LeBron on the Mavs. 
because LeBron and Luka, I just think, would be an absolutely dominant offensive unit. And then when you also have Kyrie as a shooter... I, I, they wouldn't be a great defensive team. I understand that, but they would be so overwhelming offensively, and I think LeBron would play more of a traditional small forward role. It's LeBron, and Luke is so much healthier than Anthony Davis that it just I LeBron on the Mavs to me would be better. Next, okay, Africa. Yeah, Kafrika, I'm going. Kafrika asked, Nick, does this series matchup remind you of the Heat versus Mavs in 2011 with roles reversed? No, be- listen, it doesn't because there wasn't. I understand what the question there is, and I I understand why, because it's like, well, in this situation, the Mavs are the less talented team with one star. And the Heat are the big favorites, you know, but you flip it. So the Mavs are the Heat and the Heat are the Nuggets, if that makes sense. Uh, no, because that series was not defined by really anything other than LeBron James, the greatest player of all time, having his only true professional failure. The moment got too big for him and he short-circuited. That's all that was. That is not a duplicable model of, hey, have this apex predator, best player in the league, short circuit in the NBA Finals. So, no, I don't think that would be in Jokic and LeBron. But if Jokic all of a sudden, you know, had three of the worst games of his career in a row to end this series. But that's not going to happen. Next. Producer Matt asked... Who wins more majors in the next three years? Hey, Matt, this question is unfair because I don't think Alcaraz I Alcaraz or Djokovic are the two names. I'll go Alcaraz. I think the I think he's the next guy up in tennis, and I think he's winning this major. All right, next. Okay, Jackson Hignite asked, serious question for Diora. When are you and Demonze going to unionize? Siblings of the world unite. Well, they're not going to unionize. Diora's about to leave us. And she already has been better at negotiating a salary than her brother ever was. Um, but I do think DeMonze is going to want a bit of a raise in pay come football season again. I think you're going to have to match us. <laughs> oh, re- that's what he means by unionize. That's yeah. what he means, that you two are going to negotiate together? Yeah. Okay, I'll just do the show solo. Oh, yeah, uh, we'll see how your views go after Oh, how my, how my views go. My views are dependent on you mispronouncing names and questions. I I'm, mean that... I'm the beauty, you're the brains. Okay. <laughs> okay, there's a good show. Right there, one time, good show. Nine out of ten. Love you. See you guys on Thursday as we recap game three of the finals. See you Thursday. Yes. What's right?